So I believe that when an assistant comes into an organization, they're the expert at admin. So they should be leading those Monday calls, making sure everybody's kind kind of a little little bit of project manager role, but in a lower regard, um, and kind of just taking charge. Hello, and welcome to the Optimized Store Owner Show, a podcast that helps frustrated store owners become optimized store owners. We are your hosts, Aaron and Christian. We want to invite you to join us each week as we share tips, tactics, and strategies from the most inspiring entrepreneurs in the e-commerce industry. This podcast will help you add flexibility, stability, and happiness into your life. Ready? Let's go. All right. Hey, y'all. Happy Monday or whatever day of the week you are listening to this. I hope you're doing well. This is a super exciting episode because Molly came to us at a very important part in our business to help our clients, those who are growing. And Molly is an expert on hiring virtual assistants stateside here in the U.S. to help you grow your business to that next level um, and just really providing the assistance for it. She does it in multiple ways, not only helps the virtual assistants find employment, but then matches up those employees with the virtual assistant and then the business owner back and forth. So it's a really cool scenario of uh, the way that she does this and the way that she's helping people. And this, uh, this podcast was really insightful to help people who have gotten to, or business owners rather, who've gotten to a point where they just really can't wear all of the hats or they are wearing all the hats and are about to go crazy. Uh, this is an episode for you and how to mitigate a lot of those things. So you're learning these three things and more. Number one, common misconceptions about virtual assistants. I know I had a lot of them and she, Molly, completely demystifies those and really breaks down like the differences. Uh, number two, how they can help you grow your business, right? So a lot of people think, well, it's just so much faster for me to do that work than to hire the virtual assistant. Like I can just do it better and faster. So she talks about how they can actually help you grow, help you grow your business. And number three, what makes y'all different from other virtual assistant agencies? So like, how is she different from other virtual assistant agencies that are out there, her recruiting process, why uh, most of the people who are fit into the position with the business owner, right? Her virtual assistants who are, who are put into the right businesses with you guys, how they're different and really how they can stay working longer in the agency or working longer in your e-com store. So super exciting episode, very value-packed, and she has a lot of information to send over to you guys to find out more about the virtual assistant space to help you grow your business and stop wearing all of those hats. So enjoy the episode. Hey, Molly, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Hey, so happy to be here. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely. So uh, very, very interesting uh, business model here. And I'm, I'm very curious to to dive into different ways to use uh, your type of business with other people. And I'll just go jump out and say it. So the, the business that I saw anyway, it was the Virtual Assistance Academy. And then you also have your own website too. Do those, do they, are we going to go down two different paths here? Or are they very similar and just like a personal brand side of things too? Yeah. So I, started as a virtual assistant over 10 years ago, kind of honed my skills into doing course development and automations and websites. And so I still offer that to a select group of, of customers. So I, I still keep my skills sharp, but primarily I uh, train in place virtual assistants and put them, match them with uh, entrepreneurs. Very cool. So are most of them, I guess what's, I guess I have so many like common misconceptions with this, but um, are most of them like, you in the U.S.? Are they um, out of the country, or where do where do most virtual assistants that you work with anyway come from? Yeah, I do a lot of educating on this because we were all taught, you know, virtual assistants hire overseas, pay them five dollars an hour, and that does exist, and it's a great resource. I utilize overseas virtual assistants 
a lot as well, but for very specific tasks, the virtual assistants that I train, I should probably use the term virtual executive assistant, something more professional, because they really are the US-based, primarily military spouses uh, that just come into your business and take on that admin role, usually the first hire our clients usually make. How would somebody go about hiring that or how would they know i guess when to hire that person in their business yeah that's a great question so i have a lot of conversations with business owners and i always say they wear 27 hats and they when they started a business with one service in mind with one passion to be this coach or have this service offering or this widget a product or something like that and along the way they end up doing social media and bookkeeping and email management and scheduling and travel and writing blogs, uploading blogs, creating the graphic, I can go on and on and on. So what I'm finding is when business owners really start getting frustrated, losing what I call their zone of genius, and they're just like constantly working on their business instead of in it or other way around in their business instead of on it, then it's time to start looking at, do you have the resources to be able to start outsourcing even five hours a week to get that stuff off your plate? And it'll free up probably 10 because you're not meant to be doing those things. Talk to us about like, I guess the, um, maybe some of those first initial tasks, right? That, uh, someone might run into and think like, I don't know if I can use a virtual, I mean, I, I guess for us, we, we do use virtual assistants and it's been life changing for everyone in the business, but what is like that first initial task that you typically see a business owner or entrepreneur, uh, use a virtual assistant for? I'm going to share a few just because I think people wear different lenses. My biggest recommendation and the one I see the most is email management. So imagine someone getting in, into your inbox before you even start your day and cleaning out all the clutter, deleting stuff that doesn't matter, maybe responding to the things that they can, and then only leaving the high priority, probably revenue driving things at the top. Uh, that would be an amazing outsource to, to do right away. Uh, the second thing would be social media. I mean, I know today I'm, I'm working on a launch right now and I spent two hours just like creating graphics and loading them in a scheduler. And it just, I didn't need to do that. And that was probably for six different things because it's not where my zone of genius is. And when we're doing it for ourselves, we overthink it and we're like, want it to be perfect. And it doesn't have to be, it can be done really well by someone else. Those are the two biggest. And then probably kind of goes along with email management. I'd rope these together as scheduling. So just the back and forth of scheduling, sending calendar links, confirming schedules, all of that would be a great start. How do you go about, like, I guess, what does your company do to, uh, like, connect the two of these people? Like, do you guys vet them or do you guys connect them? What Kind of tell us the process if we went to go and hire you guys. Yeah. So first we certify all of our virtual assistants. So they had to have gone through my program and gotten my, like, stamp of approval and we, we do tech, tech tests, like software tests, and as long along with making sure they're really polished and ready to go to come into someone's business and really get to know them, their skill sets, their strengths, their weaknesses, their personality type. And then on the client side, uh, we bring a client in and really consult with them. And it really starts with clarity. And that takes a little bit of time. Business owners are coming to us stressed and they have 8,000 things happening. So it's really getting clear on what the priority is and deciding what that job description is to start with. And then that's where we place them with two to three people to start and do interviews with. And then they select their placement for hire and it's very, very successful on our end because we take our time in the placement process. 
what's the curriculum look like for like what they go through like if they wanted to be a virtual assistant on on your end yeah so i learned a lot over the years that wasn't available now there's there's a lot out there uh, it's not only knowing the software and the tech that we all are using, you know, everything from an email management system to the Google suite to automated schedulers, course creators, uploading blogs, things like that. But it's also how do you professionally run a business? So I believe that when an assistant comes into an organization, they're the expert at admin. So they should be leading those Monday calls, making sure everybody's kind, kind of a little little bit of project management manager role, but in a lower regard, um, and kind of just taking charge of all the things that are getting completed. So I want them to be able to do that. So my program kind of elevates them into that role, teaches them communication skills within an organization, how to market to even get a client in the first place, uh, how to charge accordingly and bill accordingly. So it's really organized and track their hours. So everything's reported. So it's everything from running a virtual business to also the know-how of how to actually provide the service. Um, so I guess going back to uh, the more of the virtual assistants and some of the things that they do, have you worked with any clients in the e or entrepreneurs in the e-commerce space where, uh, let's say, a lot of our listeners really have you know their Shopify stores and they're you know they're selling their products, and um, we also have a lot of clothing stores. Um, do you have any expertise in that area or that industry and maybe some things that they could also, you know, potentially uh, outsource? Yeah. So we have a, a group within our a virtual assistant group within us that know Shopify. So we do some of that outsourcing. You know, it's, it's a great, powerful tool. So the ones that know it, they get hired pretty quickly. Um, so we do have that. That's really helpful on our end. Um, but we don't specialize necessarily in e-commerce, but ge in general, they know enough to be able to support someone and just learn a few of the, the operating processes of the week or, or the weekly operations. And then they could go from there. That'd be just fine. But Shopify, if you're on that, we can source that as well. Gotcha. Yeah. And like, I, I think I saw something where even within your virtual assistants, like you're also kind of talk to them about potentially even them outsourcing a couple things, right? That they may not be the best at, right? So um, something like that would be, yeah, would be great. Um, but yeah, even even though, even something that's not specific as Shopify, even like you said, the inbox and then the social media, that alone, those two things are, you know, things that every single business owner runs into um, that they could definitely um, outsource. Um, talk to me about, I guess, a little bit more on the, because you're also recommend like your own tech stack or your own sort of software that you know you have used and you have your virtual assistants use um, so talk a little bit about that and maybe also some of the automation um, built in into those yeah so uh back i'd say go back three years ago and we still teach on this you know when you're connecting five things together to make everything work you have your crm system like an active campaign or convert kit with your wordpress site possibly squarespace uh, with your payment processor and then your social media planner and everything kind of in your online course on thinkific or teachable all of those things are taught to our virtual assistant so if you know any of those softwares or need someone, that's something that they can handle. Um, I'm really loving personally these all-in-one platforms. My favorite's Kajabi. This might not speak to your audience, but if they are teaching, 
um, some of their skill sets, which is the next step, I think, for passive income. I'm a huge, huge fan of that platform because it's truly all in one and you don't have to connect five different things. It's easy to run. It's, in my opinion, affordable for what you get. So that's my go-to. Um, and then I'll also mention, since we're talking about software, uh, if you don't have a project management tool and you're working with a virtual team, it's a hands-down must-do. My go-to is Asana. I love it. I know everyone's really getting on board with ClickUp, so that's another one to check out. Yeah, that's you guys. Um, so and I, I was guilty last week. I had some time on Friday. I'm like, okay, what's the hype? And I, I like it a lot. I think it's really cool. So highly recommend that. Just creates transparency and honestly keeps you out of your inbox is my my thing with those. Whenever like you're working with the companies and you patch them together, uh, what is the, do you get, like give them like a guide on like the hiring process for that? Like whenever they, cause they ultimately choose the person, right? Uh, the way I understand it anyway. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So we do a lot of consulting and kind of meet them where they're at. So if they have a good grasp of hiring and onboarding, they can run with it. But we we also offer an onboarding service and we have checklists that you'll get when you do placements with us at a bare minimum. Uh, so you, you have something to follow. I think once you make your hire, uh, the onboarding process cannot be ignored. I see it happen quite a bit and that's where the breakdowns happen. So making sure that you have one to two weeks to you know do that password handover, kind of enroll them in your vision, I say, kind of bring them into your team. Or if it's just, if it's just you and them, that's even better. You have a little more time and and can make that more connect connective with them. So just making sure you have that time together is really important as well. So whenever they get where where exactly does it end for you guys at that point that the the hiring has been done and then the handoff is done there as well? Yeah, so we have two models. We have a direct hire, so they can pay a placement fee and then they contract directly with our virtual assistants. Uh, this works really well if you're planning on bringing them in as a W two sooner than later. Not always has, has to happen that way. And then we also have our traditional agency model where you go through us and we bill you. Uh, this offers a little bit more protection. So let's say six months, nine months down the line, something happens. We have we have the ability to replace them rather quickly because we're kind of up to speed and always kind of knowing what you're working on and what, what you're doing because we check in with them. There's flexible options. Very cool. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was just going through like kind of the, th the thought process in my head of like how we've hired in the past and then like the onboarding, like you said, is the biggest thing. Uh, and then... I'm just think, going back to our, like uh, the e-com stores and like clothing and just anybody who's messing like around in that space, the onboarding is absolutely going to be the hardest because I'm just thinking of particular people in my head. They're running around like chickens with their head cut off, trying to figure out how to like not only buy the products, but like you said, social media, they're doing 27 different hats and then they never sleep. So they don't ever write any of the processes down. Like what they do is just basically like I think of the excuse and then maybe you can can help me combat this for them. It's like, well, I'll just do it myself because they're not going to do it as well or they're not going to do it, you know, as fast or whatever else. So like that's the biggest hurdle I feel like people go through. How do you guys combat that or is there anything that you guys can help with to make that so I can sell these people on this? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I was guilty of that for years and the thing that I want those people to do is 
you've probably been struggling with this for, I'm going to say at least a year, maybe longer. And so it's like, we let year after year, we're going to get the help we need. We're going to get the help we need. And we continue to push that away. So we created these businesses that honestly up and running, you could probably run a pretty lean machine of people supporting you and the product selling. Um, so just think future state of what you actually want your days to look like your life to look like. Imagine, stress-free attending your kids' soccer games or, you know, showing up for dinner and not having all this stuff in your head. That's kind of the state you want to kind of start to think about. And then as far as doing it, I'm a huge, if you're doing stuff on the computer, there's screencast softwares or like use Loom, or I just heard of a new one named Scribe, which is really great. Uh, just start recording the things that you're doing and creating a folder of stuff. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just document what you're doing. Um, and then also, if you're bringing in a new assistant, just be transparent. Hey, I have a lot going on. You got to like get in my face, say, hey, you got to teach me this. Give us 10 minutes and just kind of find that proactive person. Because once they know, they know. And they can be the ones that can create the SOPs for you and create the Loom videos so to bring on more people as you grow. How do you guys suggest like the the payment structure like of hiring this person or can you give us a range of like all right I want to use uh one of Molly's you know recruits what what did you call it? yeah VAs yeah the VEAs or whatever <laughs> there you go uh we want to use you guys to do it what are we expecting pay wise to expect here so uh COVID has really changed the game for contractor pay. And I think it's because we're going to target and you can make 20 bucks an hour being a cashier or $20 an hour to throw pizza. It's a great thing. And people are still hiring and everyone's hiring, including me. Uh, so keeping that in mind, things have really shifted over the past couple of years. We used to have VAs, you know, 18 to 22. Now we're seeing 25 to 28 starting when they're on their own. Uh, that means you're contracting with them directly. Uh, agencies, the average is about $40 an hour. We start at 35. So 35 an hour, you kind of have the protection of us in the background. If you're hiring directly, you want to look for that 25 to 28 starting. And then in general, virtual assistants charge between 20 and $40 an hour. Most recent that we've noticed. Hey, so owners, are you ready to grow and scale your online business predictably and profitably? We've created a free 15 minute training that will walk you through the five key areas every online store needs to achieve financial success. You can grab the free training by going to optimizestoreownercom forward slash ecom dash training or clicking the link below in the podcast description. Again, that is optimizedstoreownercom forward slash ecom dash training. How often, um, Oh, I'll go off of this one more time. I'm just trying to go a little bit deeper onto like the question here is how long or how many, like how many hours does somebody need a virtual assistant? Right. So they, they hear the dollar amount and they're like, Oh wow, that's, that's a whole much or I can't afford them or whatever, but it's like, they're probably not working 40 hours a week. Maybe they are, but like, what does a general virtual assistant like hours per day look like for them? Yeah. So, and you have to remember they're super productive. So an hour of their time is extremely productive for you. Um, so I recommend not hiring anyone less than five hours a week, 20 hours a month. And I recommend virtual assistants not taking jobs for less than five hours a week or 20 hours a month. So start there. You can hire a fractional virtual assistant. That's the beauty of it. They don't have to work for you 40 hours a week, or you don't have to pay benefits and all of that extra stuff. 
So if you're paying someone $25 an hour at uh, five hours a week, that's 125 bucks a week to just start to get some relief. And that seems, when you think about it that way, it seems a little bit more reasonable than the full 40. Oh, sorry about that. Whoops. I was, <laughs> I was muting. I'm muting. Uh, no, it's, it's not that bad at all. Actually, that's, I mean, plus you don't pay, I don't know how exactly the the marketing works or how the taxes or anything like that works either, but no taxes, no, uh, no benefits like you mentioned. And then like $400 a month to like clear the head. There's just somebody in particular I'm thinking of. I'm like, okay, this may be the solution for you because they honestly have probably stunted their growth because they believe that they're the only ones who can do certain things. But even if they took five hours off of their plate, like that's just so much more opportunity for growth there. Um, yeah. Okay. And re and recognize when you're starting, sometimes we write agreements where the first month is seven to 10 hours a week because it's going to take more time for them to really get to know things. If you don't want to invest that way, that's okay. Just give them some grace. You know, it takes a little bit of time to get in there and learn and be able to efficiently log in and out of everything or know where documents are, things like that. Um, but yeah, it can, five hours a week is, seems like nothing, but it can be a whole lot of, if they're doing it, say cleaning your inbox out or handling customer support questions, anything like that. How would you say the, like, I just want to get back to the, the misconceptions part of things. What are the most like, I'm just trying to hear like any objections that people have while they're listening. They're like, so what are the misconceptions about a virtual assistant? Maybe you can just run through some of the the bigger ones that you've heard in the past. I know we hit on a couple of them, but just. Yeah, we definitely hit the big one. Um, the time to, I can, it's faster to do it myself and in long run, it's not, we all know that. Um, there's also a trust factor that I get into a lot. Like how can I trust someone in my inbox or in my business or seeing payment information or credit card information? And my, my answer to that is um, there's a lot of really great humans on this planet. I recruit the best of the best or military spouses for the most part. We do background checks, but you can really trust your gut and know and start, start with little things to build the trust. Um, I think that's another one that I run into a lot. Um, what if they make a mistake? What if something happens? We're human, things happen, but you want to have someone that's, you know, very responsible and caring and like, oh, if this will not happen again. I'm going to remedy the situation. You know, things do happen, but you find good quality people. It doesn't happen that often. Um, trying to think of what else. I think those are the big ones. It's you hit on the biggest one, which is it's just faster to do it myself or the investment. Um, is it going to be worth the investment? I think time, you know, we have two great commodities on this planet, it's money and time. I think time's the best. Uh, so recognize that if that resonates with you, then it's time to probably start to create some more time for yourself, but don't fill that time with more work um, unless it's the work that you should be doing. Have you ever run into, um, I don't think this benefits anyone, but, uh, run into anyone who got to the point where they needed the assistant, like kind of more of a full-time type position. Um, how do you deal with, I guess, those types of clients? If they need them full-time? Um, mm -hmm. All the time. So uh, 
the beauty of this, and I found myself in this situation several times where I start working with someone or a virtual assistant we have on the team starts working with someone and they really hit it off and they get asked to take on more, take on more. Um, and then they decide to just go with that client and they become a part of their team. They probably by that time lose the virtual assistant title and become, you know, account manager or product manager, if it's your case or social media manager, whatever it is, their specialty or whatever they're doing. Operations manager is probably more, more in line with the VA. Um, and they come in full time. That happens a lot. It's, it's great. Uh, the virtual assistants love it because it's way nicer to support one customer than five. Um, but it's, it's kind of a cool thing to see happen. So if you're a, a new, if you're a business owner that's looking and you're like, wow, I could see this happening for me. The question to ask up front is, you know, I, I can only hire you for 10 hours a week, let's say, um, but I would love to get you to part-time or 30 hours a week as soon as possible. Will you have that capacity? And you can start asking that, those questions so you don't have someone that you're their last slot on their, their schedule. Gotcha. Yeah, that's very interesting because, I mean, it could go either both ways. And we've had assistants now that are getting to that point of like, oh my gosh, we probably need to hire them full time and just be part of the team. Um, and yeah, I, it's a it's a great thing because they already know all your processes and the ins and out right, of your business. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> I was going to say, and that's been, I think the, the biggest, one of the biggest benefits is having the continuity between like the overtime, like just starting them out early, like with just a couple of hours and then increasing and increasing. And then it just gets a better relationship over time. Um, so that, that kind of asks that kind of goes to the question that I would have is once somebody is hired, you guys go on and let's say it's a year or two years later and then that same person is still employed with me. Like, do you guys ha ever come up with like new resources or like, let's say for example, we're having an issue with the virtual assistant or something like that. What is our like ability to reach back out to you or what does that look like if um, there's some roadblocks or we just don't know how to like go to that next level, right? We hire them for a certain amount of hours. Then like, how do we go up or how do we handle the situation? Do you guys any offer any type of like consulting or help with that? Yeah, yeah. So if you go direct hire, um, we're available for for future consulting if that comes up. Um, and then if you're part of through our organization, we are always available for any of that uh, through to set up calls, do check ins. We're really diligent in our first 90 days, especially checking in. How's it going? What's working? What's not? Let's make this as strong as it can be. Um, and then also our management team, if they're a part of our team, we have development calls at least once a month, usually twice, especially during the school year, because um, most of them are stay at home moms. So there's a little bit more time. Uh, so that's also a part of it. So we bring guest experts in or if things are getting, you know, common topics are coming up, we, we do calls about that and, and kind of keep everyone's skills sharp. What would, what would you say is, I'm just trying to go back to, I think of the, we can learn more from what not to do than we can do of like what to do, uh, which is good. What are like the biggest mistakes people make whenever they're hiring a virtual assistant that, that really just puts them in a bad situation, I guess? Yeah, I think the first we touched on, so I'm not going to go super into it, but the onboarding, if you don't onboard, it's, it's going to be detrimental. I can nine times out of 10. So making sure you have that in place. Um, the second breakdown I really see is communication. 
So there's nothing worse than being tasked if you're a virtual assistant, like from five different angles or communicated to from five different angles. So by that, I mean, Skype, Google chat, text, email, Asana, Voxer, which is a walkie talkie app, um, Slack. I don't know why they'd have Slack and Asana, but some people do. So I just named seven and I'm not being over, I'm not over exaggerating this happens. So even I've experienced this, I'm like, oh my gosh, and it's all coming at me. And the business owner entrepreneur doesn't really think anything of it. They're just like getting stuff off their chest. It's fine. You'll task it. Well, if you're the receiver of that, it gets super stressful. You can't keep track of things. There's no transparency. The communication's inconsistent. So I always recommend having two channels of communication. Primarily your project management tool should be your, your number one. And then like a day-to-day every day. Like, so if, if your project management tool has a chat tool, use that. Or I use Voxer a lot with clients, the walkie talkie app. So when the virtual assistant's on the clock, they can go check what their recent messages are, check their Asana and off to the races they are, and then have an SOS you know, if something happens and they need you right away, of course, communicate, like I will be calling you or texting you. So know that I really need something. So that seems to be a super, super helpful thing and a huge breakdown that happens. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I was actually just thinking about that like last week, which is like, we have, yeah, we use ClickUp, which is awesome. And then yeah, ClickUp. And then it's like, oh, maybe shoot them a text and then email and then it wouldn't be ta- like it wouldn't be in the chat. It would be in like the task, and then the other one would be in the chat or like whatever. So it's just like a getting everybody on the same page, uh, communication wise is uh, obviously we know is crucial. But like I can't imagine being the receiver of that in and like you're expecting them to like basically do all of the heavy lifting, and then they have no clue where to be able to catch all the things to do the heavy lifting. Exactly, how to prioritize all of that? What's important? What's not? Um, yeah. And then it costs that costs more time, more money because it's got to organize all that. So. Yeah. Very. Okay. That's, that's what I said. Like I wanted to know like the, the pitfalls here, um, even if they're our own at this point, but just because I think, like I said, we can learn a lot more from the mistakes and not do those then. Yeah, please. So I want to also recognize that you can also use virtual assistants for personal tasks. So, uh, grocery ordering or, Amazon purchasing, or we have a lot of female executives that, you know, their kids are in dance or soccer. So they're putting the schedule on the calendar and making sure their grandparents are invited. Like they're calling the grandparents or ordering the tutu or the soccer shoes or things like that, or paying the bills or managing the house contractors. Um, If you hire someone for your business and they primarily do that, and then you start kind of asking them to do all these personal things, I do see a disconnect. The virtual, the assistants kind of don't like that. So they're, unless you're super clear up front that, Hey, I need a, I need both hats. Uh, I'd, I'd sway away from that and hire a personal virtual assistant or personal assistant locally. If you need that, I do see some issues there. Got it. Yeah. I was going to say what's cool too, is like, just looking at your site is you also do have virtual assistants that are like in our area, we're in Dallas. And I was like, I think there's like two or three of the, well, listed on your site basically. So if you're in a major metroplex, maybe even more of a possibility. Cool. Uh, Molly, so what is, uh, like if somebody wanted to work with you, I'm going to, I'm going to link up the site, uh, like your guys' site on here too. But if somebody wanted to work with you, what's the best way to, to reach out or how do you guys prefer people to reach out? What's that kind of the 
like they, that process look like to, to learn more about you guys? Yeah. So if you're looking to hire a virtual assistant, go to virtualassistantmanagement.com. You can book a free 15 minute discovery call. Um, I have a partner, her name's Christina, and she's brilliant at matching matchmaking. Uh, so she handles those calls and will kind of answer your questions. Even if you don't think it's the right time for you, give us a call. She's very straightforward on, hey, let's wait a few months and, and see, try these things and then come back to us. Or she'll say, hey, you need someone now. Let's book this and get it get a strategy call scheduled. So from there, you uh, purchase the placement and we do a strategy session, really big, deep dive, write a job description that you approve. And then we go out to our pool of virtual assistants and and really kind of do pre-interviews and vet who would be the right person for you before you interview them. And then you make your selection. Let's say we send you three over and you don't like any of them. We'll keep going. That rarely, rarely happens. Um, but know that we'll do everything we can to make it right. So that's, you have that flexibility. And then if you're someone listening that, uh, would like to become a virtual assistant or you have a team member that needs more training and you want them to be uh, polished you can send them to virtualassistantacademy.com we have our training community there and led by me very cool okay yeah i wasn't even thinking about it from that perspective but definitely you hired somebody they're good at what they're doing but you want them to be better and like you said the time be worth a lot more than sending them to that academy okay cool and then uh, we don't have to necessarily get into pricing or anything right here. I'll just send them to the to the website. But um, just so we have an idea, is it ballpark? Is it uh, based? Is it a flat rate or is it paid off of like once somebody's uh, hired or what does that look like? Yeah, so we have a flat rate for direct hire and then um, a smaller rate for the agency and then you pay hourly. Got it. it. Usually starts at five hours a week. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So it's flexible. We can kind of flex what works best for you. And then you can grow from there. Perfect. Awesome, Molly. Thank you so much. This was extremely helpful for us. And I know for everybody listening, uh, I'll make sure that it all gets linked in there. But very nice to to chat with you. You too. Thanks. And I hope your audience benefits from this and go outsource what you can. <laughs> yes. Perfect. That's a wrap. Before you go, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram stories at BitBraining and let us know what you thought about this episode. And next, make sure to leave us an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps us reach more people and continue to improve the podcast for you. All right, guys, have a great day and we'll talk to you next week.